You think the traditional PM is making a comeback? You see it more and more. That's this week on the Badass Agile Podcast. Greetings, team. Welcome to the Badass Agile Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Williams. My friend, welcome. It's great to see you. Thank you for coming back time and time again. I see more ads for Agile project managers. I see more online sources calling Agile a form of project management. Does that mean that Agile is losing favor? Does it mean that there's some things that we missed or wrote off about the traditional project manager that are coming back in style? Well, that's what I want to talk about this week. But first, let's take a moment to remember why we're here. To create an elite tribe of leaders who truly serve their clients and communities by doing what matters and what works, relentlessly chasing value and excellence like a badass. There's so many resources out there about what you need to do to be agile, but we're focused on who you need to become in order to lead teams. So let's hammer down those fundamentals to create a truly unique and powerful force in this industry. If you love this show, tell your friends. Don't forget to join the Badass Agile Listener Lounge on Facebook. So is Agile losing favor? Is it declining in popularity? I don't know. I don't fully think so. I think we're failing to meet our brand promise, though. I think that we're not as efficient, not as fast, not as productive, not as progressive as we thought we were. A lot of Agile in practice that I see in organizations is simply falling back to the same mistakes that we used to make with traditional project management. Now, I'm not necessarily talking about the difference between Agile and Waterfall here. I'm talking about the difference between the Scrum Master Agile coach roles, the implementation of Agile or Scrum itself, and traditional means of managing projects. I am starting to see a lot of conversation about failure rate or efficacy of Agile itself. We're losing trust. I hear a lot more people saying we gave Agile a try, but it didn't really come through for us. Now, sometimes I question how good was that try. When you implemented it, did you do it well in a way that supports agility? Or did you try to do it by the book or by script? Or using unhealthy practices that are pitched and promoted by the industry, by social media, by agile education itself? So we might be our own worst enemy here. And here's why I think this happens. We often pay less attention to customer desire and more on what we think would be cool to build and this isn't necessarily the fault of the Scrum team itself, but of the people who own and manage the products that we're using Agile on. If that's true, if we're not paying attention to what the customers are really asking for, if we're not meeting them at the level of their desire, if we're not creating things that are valuable to them, but rather creating things that are simply on the schedule or working towards outcomes that we had to work towards last year, then we're just going to keep propagating the same problems. We're never really going to answer the customer. And so if you don't provide value, it kind of doesn't matter how long it takes you to do it or not do it. We're going to start calling those initiatives failures, wasteful. Another thing that I think we don't do a great job at is making work truly visible. It's one of the core tenets of what we're supposed to be practicing. And yet, do we really put things where people can see them, touch them, use them, test them, validate them? Not only is this a great way to make sure we're getting the value right, to make sure we're building things that are desirable and useful and valuable. But it's also the best way to show off progress. 
in the absence of being able to say, look at how done this is. Look at the pieces that are finished and the pieces that aren't. Look at the number of defects that are dangling off of it. Look at the number of questions that are unanswered. In the absence of all of those things available at your fingertips, guess what people are going to start asking for? Status reports. So if we don't do a better job at making work visible, people are going to start asking for their own direct lines into progress. Here's another problem. I think we're more focused on safety than we are on accountability. Safety is wonderful, but at the end of the day, if all of that safety is helping us avoid keeping our promises, committing to deadlines and deliverables, then it's the wrong kind of safety. I've talked about this before. To me, safety should mean that you feel accepted, welcome, treated fairly, free from harm. But if you see locking into a promise, making a commitment to say, when will I have this by? When will I finish this document? When will I put something into production? If that's your idea of unsafe, then I think we have a mismatch of definitions. And I think we're actually enabling unhealthy behavior by not teaching people how to make a promise, keep a promise, and if you can't keep your promise, communicate and renegotiate. To me, those are the four master skills of accountability. And you know, here's something else I don't think we do well. We don't like risk-taking. Go read the LinkedIn threads or the social media and you'll see people talking about how to properly define epics versus stories. You'll see people talking about the proper divisions of roles and responsibilities, the proper use of a ceremony, what's in, what's out, how to do it right, the proper use of the various tools. Those attitudes, that focus, and those priorities are all about following the rules. It's about being a good, capital G, good scrum master. It's about being a good employee. It's about ticking all of the boxes so that we can cover our butts and get the approval and the good marks that we desire. But in an environment where failing fast is an asset, in an environment where innovation is prized over sameness and certainty and safety, we have to be better at taking risks. We have to get better at bringing ideas forward. We have to get better at suggesting solutions and approaches and strategies that will test a theory. Because if we want Agile to deliver big rewards, we're going to have to get comfortable with taking bigger risks. Here's a big one. We don't commune with shareholders and stakeholders, so we don't know how to talk to them. And because we blame all Agile failure on them, and that's all over the internet, it's all over social media, number one reason for Agile failure is lack of management support or management understanding. We now have a broken relationship with shareholders. Product owners, executives, managers, business leads, owners, we don't trust each other. Guess what happens when we don't trust each other? We have a bad relationship. We have a negative expectation of the people that we work with every day. Are we going to be able to row together towards success? Probably not. And here's the deal. Agile is not supposed to be a silver bullet. It's not supposed to solve every problem. It's not supposed to work in every condition but we treat it like it is. This is a big problem for me. We don't listen. All this information is right in front of you in the principles of the manifesto, the scrum values. It's all over the place, but we don't pay attention to it. We don't heed the caution. So guess what? We start trying to staple agile on every problem. The old saying about a hammer and a nail. It's not meant for every situation. So when we apply it in places where it doesn't belong, where it can't serve, where it doesn't fit, then it fails. Guess what happens? More blame, more excuse-making, and more focus on those tiny details, the rules of good practice. 
of which there aren't any. It's different for every single initiative and every single application of agility. Another problem I think that we have is that the agile pool is so diluted with certified talent that doesn't understand how a business runs in 2023. What are the customer needs? What does a business really need out of its people? How do we best use our teams to keep us strategically competitive, profitable, growing, improving? The certification industry doesn't understand these concerns. They're not addressing them in a way that puts real talent, real capability in those seats. No disrespect intended, but what we end up with is a lot of academic, process-oriented talent that can have the best intentions in the world, the best knowledge in the world, the greatest intellect in the world, and yet they can't really serve an agile team, and then that agile team can't really serve the organization. Next problem, it was invented a quarter of a century ago. It needs to give way to better, newer thinking. Look at how much the industry's changed in the past three years. Add all that up and carry yourself backwards to the late 1990s, before 9-11, before all of the major changes, the different recessions, the tech bubbles, the economic crises, the political divisions, new technological advances, like how much have smartphones changed since the year 2000? What about artificial intelligence and virtual reality and all those other wonderful things that are coming up? How come those things change every year, but Agile remains fundamentally the same? So look, if it hasn't broken yet, be prepared for more breaks in the coming years as increased tech disruption, increased workforce changes, more geopolitical challenges, greater social division. These things are just going to get worse and worse. So it's not surprising we're asking for project managers more and more because what we're really looking for here is better control, more predictability. So if Agile isn't paying off for us, if it's not creating less waste, better, more predictable outcomes in terms of product success, in terms of its impact on the bottom line, the things that we measure in the shareholder report, if it's not affecting those things, then people are going to start asking why and they're going to notice that we're missing good reporting, more frequent check-ins, better communication of risk or failure or danger or issues, all of the things that a traditional project manager was good at doing. So you have a choice. Either get better at your project management skill, learn up on those things. Be prepared to have to do more hybrid style project leadership in the future or start learning how to do Agile and Scrum in a way that provides true value. Go through the list of the things that I just mentioned and ask yourself, do you really do those things as a team? And if you find yourself saying that the answer is no for most of them, then you're Agile only in thought, not in deed. And hey, there's nothing wrong with traditional project management. There's nothing wrong with blending the best thinking, the best practices from multiple domains. But if we aren't careful, Agile and all the wonderful principles that go with it, all of the incremental changes, and even the breakthroughs that it's brought in the past two decades will eventually slide backwards downhill in favor of either something new or something more familiar and more comfortable. I leave it to you to help figure out where to go with that next. If you're looking to become the future of Agile leadership, if you're looking to have more confidence and more certainty in your role as an Agile leader, the summer session of The Forge is now recruiting. Email me at chris at badassagile.com or you can go to my website, click on The Forge and fill out the form to have me contact you and I'd be happy to discuss getting you into this very important program. It's never been more important to future-proof your career to future-proof your skills with some truly great education. Let me spend the year with you, watching you, helping you get better. 
My friends, I hope you found this interesting, inspiring, maybe even a little controversial. As always, you can find me on Instagram at Badass Agile. You can find me on my website at badassagile.com. I look forward to seeing you next time. And until then, stay badass. Badass.